Yo everyone, welcome back to brand new Techish. It is me, Michael Bahain, one half of Techish and the CEO of Pocket and Pocket Jobs. And I am joined with Abadesi, CEO of Hustle Crew. And if you're a first time listener, Techish is a tech and pop culture show. We cover everything across technology industry and culture. I thought I would give that introduction because there might be a first time listener. Oh yeah, and so a lot of pod- discovered you through TikTok. Exactly. And, and a lot of fame. and a lot of like <laughs> Uh, podcasts I feel like do a disservice because they just start doing inside jokes from 10 years ago and you don't really know what's going on so that's the, that's <laughs> not the... 10 years old yes. <laughs> <laughs> you're up to speed okay so cool first story um, it's not actually on the docket but I wanted to talk about Go. just the layoffs I've been having so much experience doing in my sales process reaching out to people on LinkedIn people yeah. in senior positions by the time I get them to come on a call with me they're mm. like oh, I've been laid off wow. or I've got people on a call with me and they're like you know what I feel bad taking this call but I, just to let you know I've been laid off there's no sell no. opportunity here there's no but I just well, wanted while to, you're on the call no 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 as in like <laughs> they had so they knew they had been laid off and I instead see. of cancelling the meeting they just they went ahead with the meeting damn um, and obviously I can't say nothing I'm not going to be mad at them I'm yeah. like okay fair enough and you know we end up just talking about careers and I give them advice and tell them to sign up to pocket jobs to find the new, new job opportunity yeah but how, what are you seeing out there it's hard out there. I was on layoffs.fyi earlier today, hanging out with one of my friends that works at Google and wondering, have there been more people laid off in January 2024 than January 2023? Possibly. Because I think so. Yeah. So what, today it was announced Okta and Zoom yes. did layoffs. Um, and the numbers are rising. Tens of thousands of people have been laid off in the tech industry. What I found really interesting was opening up the FT Financial Times and seeing like all the headlines about Amazon shares bouncing back after layoffs, mm-hmm. Facebook shares, yeah. Facebook's paying dividends back to shareholders for the first time because they're like, oh, we laid off all those people. We're getting all this money back. Um, what I think is so disturbing and concerning is what you're saying. Like, think about the people you're interacting with as someone who's focused on diversity, equity and inclusion initiatives. A lot of the people running these employee resource groups, a lot of the people who have been at the forefront of these initiatives are always at the front of the firing line. Like, why are black people getting fired first? Why are people of color getting fired first? And ultimately, like, how does that impact your culture and shape your culture? And if you're one of the few black people left, you're going to be feeling a certain way. But you know what? I think it's down to the fact that we often get into these organizations and we're Mm -hmm. like, oh, I can't believe it. It's so great. I'm getting paid so well. Let me get more of my people in. So we end up up getting attracted to those HR roles or like, you know, running the employees resource groups. Of course. Um, So then we're in the first in the firing line when it's time to like lay people off, unfortunately. Um, you know, I don't think if you're someone like, you know, the head of AI and you're black, you're gonna, you're, you know, you're more likely to get laid off. But it just happens to be that we are so passionate about bringing people in and helping our community that we end up like probably doing ourselves a disservice by wanting to like focus so much on those roles. Not to say that it shouldn't be done. It's just, unfortunately, that's a, like, it's a byproduct. I also think that it's about power, right? Mm. And when push comes to shove, there's a lot of power in the dominant groups. And with that power comes a lot of unaddressed bias, like affinity bias, mm-hmm. right? So if your CTO is a cishat white guy, he's probably got a closer affinity to the people like him. His buddies. Whether he's thinking about it or not, the people that, I don't know, he went to Burning Man with, he's drinking fuel yeah. with, riding a freaking fixed gear bike on the weekend with. And when he has to decide who he wants to let go, he's not going to pick the people who like he sees as his friends. Mm. He's going to pick the people who like he's kind of never really vibed with. And that's the like unspoken truth about layoffs as well. Like it is numbers and this and the other, but it's also like at the end of the day, like who you're not going to miss. Yeah, absolutely. That's true. Um, you know what's funny about Okta actually? So we actually got like a lead from them. So they inbounded us and said, oh, we're potentially interested in like using your hiring services. Okay, And that was like Pocket 20, jobs. that was like 20 days ago. What? And now like there's been layoffs. So which tells me that um, people are being blindsided 
they've been told, well, yeah, we're still expanding, we're still expanding. Yeah. And this is like, I don't know if companies are now just taking this opportunity to do this or whether they know the, num- the numbers are not good. It's very, it feels very following the herd. The I fact actually, that everyone's doing it simultaneously. It's not as if everyone's business yes. has the exact same structural problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's obviously just like, well, everyone else is doing it. Let's just do this too. Well, I have companies working with Hustle Crew who are asking us to design hiring training. And these are companies that did layoffs or are planning layoffs. So Interesting. it feels very tactical. It feels very much like let's trim the fat, but let's also hire the roles that you know we actually still need in the business. But here's something. Um, so this tweet went out and it basically said Twitter is still functioning with like a fraction of the yeah. staff. And it was kind of a, a, a message about bloat, right? Mm-hmm. Like it was basically like calling calling out founders, calling out leaders and kind of saying, look, a lot of y'all are operating with very bloated teams. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that this is the case for every single company that's doing layoffs. Without a doubt, there's like some strategic uh, efforts happening, following the herd, trying to get the share price up. But I think there's also a very important conversation to be had around bloated teams. Mm. And I'll just give you like a real life example. So earlier this week, I was walking down Oxford Street and I had to do a call in like 20 minutes, but I didn't have my headphones and my AirPods were dead. So I was like, I need Damn. to take a call in my co-working space. Um, I wasn't sure if there was going to be a phone booth available. So I was like, look, let me just buy a pair of headphones. I walk into like three. It's a mobile phone network. Yeah, 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 I understand. I see a group of staff huddled around talking to each other. No one looks up. Oh, you're such a boomer. No Are you really going to say, you're really going to be, you're going to be like the retail staff so are lazy. I'm just like, okay, whatever. Hey man, I worked in retail. Walk into Vodafone. Same kind of thing. All the staff huddle around each other. No one looks up. And I was like, okay, whatever. I'm in a rush. Walk into literally the third mobile phone store. Maybe it's like EE now. Samsung. I walked into Samsung. Okay. Again, all the staff huddled around in a conversation. I'm literally hovering around them. I'm like, hello, hello. And someone looks up and they're like, hi. I was like, do you sell like jack headphones? Like just jack headphones. They're like, no, 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 we don't. Finally, Curry's came to the rescue. Curry's, like old, old school, school yeah. electronic shop. I walk in, I see the audio sign, go up the escalator, and this like older gentleman is like, hello, may I help you? And I'm like, I want to find your cheapest plug-in headphones, please. And he's like, right this way, white or blue, $8.99. And I was yeah. like, oh, bro, okay. Yeah, yeah. But I was a bit like... Some of these brands, their teams are bloated or their but you staff can't aren't trained. Compare but... your retail experience <laughs> with big tech. But you're right. Why is not? There, listen, as any organization scales, it's always going to be bloat because yeah. the person who cares the most, the founder, the owner of the company, is far removed from every single aspect. You know, yeah. for me, when me and you walk into a room and it's our company, every dollar being spent is our dollar. So yes. we're like, okay, hold on, what are we doing here? What are we of doing course. here? And then eventually you have Excuse layers me. and layers of hierarchy and it becomes, you know, the person who's in, in charge. It's no longer their money. It's no longer their bread on the line, right? But I don't know. I think the Twitter thing is interesting because 75% have been laid off, but has the revenue maintained? And the answer is mm, no. As somebody true. who's an engineer, put, keeping a website online is not the challenging part. Mm. You can actually, you know, scale a website yeah. quite easily in this day and age with all the tools that are available, AWS, whatever, whatever, even up until like, you know, millions of users. But what has changed at Twitter is... One, there's no more advertisers. They've lost a lot of ad revenue. True. And a lot of that is because obviously, you know, King Musk is a fool and said, and said a lot of stupid stuff. But <laughs> a also, lot of dumb shit. But I'm sure also there was a lot of salespeople that had good relationship with advertisers and could, mm. you know, manage those relationships and keep that revenue coming in. So to me, that tweet about like, oh, the, the website's still up. The website going up, staying up to me shouldn't ever really have been in question. Mm. It's just, can you maintain revenue? And they haven't. And they're probably yeah. losing more money now than they ever were. So how much longer? 
how much longer? I don't know. It's, I, I don't know. It's very hard to predict Elon. He's very, you know, strange. And I think he has this ability to keep getting people to give him money because he's a master of narrative. He has a cult and following. He's a big white man. Yeah, no, but listen. People love tall white men. They yeah, but, he's, he's, he, but he has a cult beyond that. It's, mm. a, it's a cult following. I know somebody, um, and I may get him on the podcast to talk about it, who has put their entire life savings into Tesla. That's just dumb. I mean, listen, but That's the thing is, dumb. the thing is, he, so the, he's put out content and I respect the person and I want to speak to them about it and bring okay. them on the podcast. They were like, uh, I think it's dumb. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think it's optimal and I don't think it's smart, but he yeah. essentially is somebody who used to work on radio, uh, was going to buy a, a house, yeah. had his deposit sorted out. And he's like, you know what? Let me just put it all on Tesla. And obviously at one point in 2020, 2019, that was 10X. Mm. So obviously you now start feeling like I'm riding this all the way to the top. I'm like, please diversify. But the point I'm making is that he has a cult audience. There's very few entrepreneurs that I've seen have, you know, fanboys like yeah, this. Yeah, maybe so Steve he, Jobs in his day. Exactly. So I think Elon will always have people borrowing him money so he will never have to shut down Twitter, even if it's, the company itself That's is bankrupt point. or X, whatever you call it now. Um, yeah, layoffs, man. It's just, it's, it's terrible, terrible, terrible time. Was there anything else on the layoffs that you wanted to... Actually, I can plug something for Hustle Crew. Yeah, go and do that. So this time last year, we ran a webinar series, a four-part series called Layoffs to Lemonade. And I myself have been laid off twice since 2020, right? And despite that, like, I think I'm doing pretty well. And uh, (laughs) what I wanted to say is like, this can be actually a really exciting opportunity to reflect on your career motivations and Mm -hmm. career aspirations in a way you don't often get the time and space to reflect to. So follow Hustle Crew at Hustle Crew Live on Twitter, on you know, TikTok, LinkedIn, and we're putting out a bunch of free resources uh, to help you turn your layoff into lemonade. I love it. You're really good at names. Because even, even Techish was your name idea as well. Thanks. And then I think even you have your company Play School. I am my accelerator yeah, for accelerator, which is founders. Which is a really good name. I don't think you realize how good of a name Play that school. is. Yeah, Play School. That's amazing. Oh. The other thing I wanted to talk about that actually, so what I've seen is on Twitter, a few people now saying that I'm transitioning out of tech. You? No, 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 not me. Oh, on Twitter. In general, the person saying that <laughs> well, is like... You're a TikTok like, star now. So. <laughs> no, yeah. There are people saying, listen, I'm trying to go to more stable industries. Damn, tech ain't stable no more? Or, or if they are going to work in tech, it's going to be like government tech. Wow. Like, or it's going to be like maybe maybe working in a finance company and, ha- and being an engineer there. But the I saw a first. few people that were like, literally, I'm going, I'm doing farming. I'm like real... Farming? Yeah, but stuff where it's like, there's stability. Wow. It's, it's much more tangible. Because I feel like for the last 10, 12 years, we were just yeah. like, tech, 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 everyone gets everybody learn to code, learn to code, oh, everybody yeah. get in. It's unlimited. Right now, there probably now is almost a surplus of talent. I know junior engineers who have been looking for work for two years. No. Yeah, like entry-level graduate computer a science. A surplus of tech talent. Do you genuinely I genuinely believe wow. now, I mean, when you look at all the layoffs and you got to realize how many startups were getting funded, starting because one startup needs five free four engineers mm. and there was an endless supply of capital for 10 years yeah uh, not to mention crypto projects not to mention everything right now there's like a, it's, it's quiet right now there isn't uh. it's not a boom time so there is a bit of a deficit there is probably an oversupply of talent and i can't blame people for thinking you know what i want to go somewhere where it's a bit more stable i'm sure the same thing happened in the, in the dot-com bubble <sighs> So what you're saying isn't that they're necessarily leaving tech. It's just that they're leaving startup scene. No, no, no. Some people are actually saying I'm leaving tech for start. start. Yeah. Other people are saying I'm going to go work for government or whatever. I find this questionable. I still think that tech is the fastest growing industry. You think so? In terms of providing jobs. Yeah. So what you're telling me people are going back into farming because farming has <laughs> more jobs than tech. Come on, bro. Listen, some people are going back to basics. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, I don't know I, about that. I, I, 
listen, you're right. Probably in the sense that startups is where it's not at. Yeah. But then even, for example, big tech is not where it's at. So what I mean by that is working at companies that define themselves as solely tech companies probably mm. isn't that secure. Like but software? working, yeah, like big, like Google, like Facebook, they're, all, they're always going to trim the fat and your job probably is always at risk. But going to work for a bank, yeah. who needs engineers yeah. or product manager. Yeah. That probably is far more stable. I think we need to remember that the conversation about tech being a you know fantastic industry to work in, which I feel like I have been a part of and I've literally built my career and my in, my company in, is also around this like important need for like the digital skills gap, right? Mm. And I think that digital skills gap like still very much exists. Like I, I, don't, I don't think that's an issue that's been solved. Like I think we still need people that you know, can do social media, like digital marketing, um, software engineering. Like, I don't think these things will go away. Like maybe in the long-term future, they're threatened by generative AI or things like that. But I think in the near term, like these skills are still very much in demand and still needed. But I think it, it's not as in demand as it once was. And I think we would be- But that's true of all, all jobs in a downturn. Or I agree. A flat but like, we still can't maintain that same level of energy and be like, listen, just learn to code and you're going to be great. No, that's not the case anymore. Mm. We know people that run boot camps and they're like, yo, we can't get nobody hired. Well, that's, that's true. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's so- true. We, if, if someone's listening to this now and they want to transition into tech I'm mm. not going to sit there and say yeah learn to code and you're going to be great what I will say is that when times get tough the competition is greater 100% so there's no space for mediocrity there's only space for excellence and that's yeah. true in entrepreneurship as well right mm -hmm. like we're sitting here as people in uh, diversity and inclusion market that's constantly under attack shrinking compared to the booms of like 2020 and the fact is a lot of our competitors ain't here no more that's true right and i think that's because unless you can maintain a bar of excellence and give your clients and your customers what they feel like is value on top of the dollar on top of the spend you are gone you are dead yeah 100 percent. so let's talk about tiktok and Universal Music Group. So the Universal Music Group is like one of the largest record labels in the world. Taylor Swift, Harry Styles. Drake. I think they have one third of all of global music. Shut the front. Listen, the, the record label industries, is, it's a mafia without it any is. question. So I think they negotiate a deal with TikTok every so often um, for how much royalties does Universal get for the music getting played on TikTok. Um, and they couldn't come to an agreement. So wow. it's now ended up where Universal is pulling out like, you know, all of their music from TikTok. Damn. So there's a lot of videos now where people were like, you know, miming and dancing along. Oh, it's all silent now. That's so awkward. All the music is gone. <laughs> silent um, TikToks. Both companies yeah. have released letters saying, accusing the other company of basically being greedy, foolish, short-sighted. <sighs> it's a, it, Essentially, Universal's claim was that TikTok is trying to build a music company and they're not willing to pay the rights for that music. So I think Universal was looking at TikTok and saying that you're basically trying to be Spotify. And we, they probably, Universal, despite the fact that the artists have been screwed, I feel like the labels have done well out of streaming, but probably even still the labels probably think, you know what, compared to the golden era of selling $20 CDs, mm. we've lost money. So I feel like they're trying to strangle in the crib another Spotify in far, as far as they're concerned. Because yeah, yeah, they yeah. feel like, oh, we, we went into Spotify streaming blindly. Mm, we're not like, so we're, yeah, we're not letting this happen again where we build another, like, because TikTok could be worth, I don't know, hundreds of billions, 200 oh, yeah, billion, definitely. 300 billion. Yeah. And it's like, yo, well, actually, you guys are trying to build a giant corporation off, off our back, off our intellectual property. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's what's going on. Do you think... That's really interesting, yeah. Do you think TikTok can survive without that kind of music? There's no TikTok without the the memes and the trends. You know, people rely on it, especially, you know, I, I probably have a very different TikTok 
feed to people who are in high school or people in their 20s. My understanding of like young people's use of TikTok is is very trends based. And mm. it's very much like, oh, this is the new track. This is the new um, dance. This is a new choreography. So, yeah, I definitely feel that it's, you know, from a tactical perspective, a strategic perspective, wise of a record label to be like, unless I'm getting what I want out of it, I'm not going to help you grow. Yeah. You know what was interesting, actually? I don't know if this is completely true, mm. but so someone fact check this, but it probably is. I heard that a lot of the record labels actually got equity in Spotify when the deals were initially kind of organized. Really? So a lot of the record labels are actually don't necessarily mind. Because they got skin in the game. That, yeah, because yeah. they, they don't necessarily mind what Spotify did to them because they're like, we're actually growing alongside <laughs> Spotify basically, yeah. right? Whereas the artists don't. The, mm. the musical artists don't. And to me, these people are the real victims. Yeah, yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? People who sign a contract of a label and they're getting absolutely screwed. Mm. So I've heard independent artists who have decent streams say to me that actually Spotify isn't that bad. Yeah. Because like, you know, we can actually monetize our, our art because we get 100% mm. of all the royalties coming in. Yeah. But if you're getting a fraction of a fraction, which yeah. is what a stream basically brings in, a stream brings in a fraction of a penny. Mm. If you're now getting, if that's being div- divvied up five times before it gets to you, you're basically getting nothing as a signed artist. Yeah. So the artists to me are the victims here. I don't, ha- I don't have any sympathy for Universal Music Group whatsoever. I was going to say that is a bit of hypocrisy because Universal coming out with this open letter being like, they're, you Pro- know. Protect the artists. Yeah, I was like, you don't protect Bastards. the artists. Yeah, like how many artists have you screwed over? Like at the end of the day, like labels are also inherently exploitative. So it did feel a bit. The worst. Pot, kettle, black. But, you know, I, I believe that TikTok would drive a hard bargain. I nearly worked at TikTok. Don't you remember? Did you? They offered me a job. Oh yes, you're right. I can't and keep up with your career, bro. <laughs> your, your, the amount of almost jobs that you've had. No, I'm being serious. Like, can I say you, yeah. we can beat this out? But you used to, even at the B, almost you almost yeah, at BBC, BBC, like yeah, Airbnb, all the companies. Well, what can I say? Um, you know, hot property. Hot property. But, um, I remember uh, interviewing for TikTok, and it's really wow, and what an interesting experience. So. I interviewed for TikTok because a friend um, who worked in LA uh, kind of hooked me up and was like, you know, I really think you'd be great on the team. Like the London team is expanding. And it was interesting because, you know, I'm speaking to a lot of people in Shanghai. And I was just like, mm. oh, you know, I've never really had experience working with a Chinese company. And they're like, this is TikTok is not a Chinese <laughs> company. And I was like, Do oh, not okay. say that. And like, it was just really fun. And I was like, oh, okay. Like what I meant was I've mostly worked with companies based in San Francisco or like based in London. And they're like, we are an international startup. And I was like, okay. Anyway, Cap. the weird thing about this experience was that they were like, we need to know what your salary is. And I was like, mm, you're not really allowed to ask that. And they're like, we need to see pay slips. And I was like, okay. And then I was like, we need to see a copy of your passport. We need to see like oh, a copy crazy. of like, wait, I was literally just like, am I being recruited? into like some kind of government agency like the level of due diligence at this point i hadn't even been offered a job officially and i remember messaging my friend in la being like yo girl like did they do this to you and she's like oh it's just like you know that's just how they do things in china and i was like but then they said they're not a chinese company wow anyway in the end i didn't take the job and like i remember the recruiter whatsapping me you know this emoji that's like the crying face emoji like oh my the big days. He's relax like, oh, bro no, please we really really want you and i was like y'all were like acting super shady like sorry like i'm not taking this job and he was like please can we talk please can we talk and just kept sending the sad face emojis i was like i'm about to block this guy this is so unprofessional but yeah that's, that's how, wild that's how i almost ended up working at tiktok damn you know what's crazy you, the thing about like is it a chinese company did you see recently they had hearings so they brought in front of Congress, like, I think Mark Zuckerberg was there, but also the TikTok CEO. Really? And there's a clip that's gone viral where one of the senators, like a Republican senator, is going to the TikTok CEO, who's from Singapore. Mm. He's obviously probably of some sort of East Asian descent. He might be of Chinese descent, but he's a Singaporean citizen, born and raised in Singapore. 
And the, the senator keeps asking him, like, yo, are you, like, are you Chinese? He's like, no, I'm from Singapore. Have you ever been part of the Chinese Communist Party? Senator, I'm from Singapore. But, like, have you ever been affiliated with a Chinese Communist Party? He's like, Senator, I'm a Singaporean citizen who served <laughs> in the Singaporean <laughs> army. And it is almost now, like, this kind of McCarthyism, mm, xenophobic, yeah. real, real kind of, like, you know what I mean? It's just strange. But obviously, but listen, we- don't get twisted. Like, it, it is cap. Obviously, TikTok has... Is was formed in China yeah, and probably and probably ByteDance and based. and I'm sure the Chinese government has access to all of the data if they wanted to really and truly yeah. like so let's not pretend otherwise but listen the line of questioning was a bit xenophobic because clearly yeah, the totally. guy the guy's told you I'm not Chinese bro I'm from Singapore like yeah. two different countries like also like <laughs> it's not unheard of for a government to act in the interest of its own economy like literally every yeah. country in the world does that but when China does that we all start pointing fingers and look I'm not trying to. <laughs> You know, be like, yo, I'm like so militantly pro-China. Shout to Mao on that, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I love China. I love Chinese culture and I've been there. But I also think there's so much hypocrisy in the way Western economies talk about Chinese, what is ultimately protectionism. They protect their their companies. They protect their firms. But US, UK, we do it too. You know what the thing is? Facebook and all of the main social media platforms in the US have already been exposed as basically being spying tools for the US government. Yes! Snowden showed it. They have access Fixing to all of our elections, yeah. Cambridge Analytica, you name it. No, but not just that, but they have access to all of our messages. They yeah, know, exactly, yeah, completely. Totally. But what they resent is the fact that China is also doing it now. <laughs> that's that's what it is. So yeah. You can play that game. So you can play that game. Anyways. Yo, everyone, that's been this week's Techish. Thank you for listening. Um, hit us up at, at TechishPod on Twitter and Instagram. Leave a review. We're going to read out our favorites. Um, and yeah, subscribe. See Tune you in. Soon. See you Follow soon. Follow us on socials. Follow us on socials. Peace. Bye.